Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Now we are back in the Zoom studio. What's going on? Hey, speaking of Zoom, you know, I shouldn't complain because they have just been thrown a million bajillion followers in the last, you know, two months since quarantine. But holy crap, I mean, they need to be hiring faster because I had a webinar crash at 5 p.m. My webinar was supposed to start and at 5.01 everything disappeared. The list of people, everything stopped. I didn't know what was happening. I was trying to go in and like upgrade to get back. And I, yeah, it was crazy. So anyway, I appreciate Zoom because we're, that's how we are seeing each other right now. But also I was on their tech support chat, uh, number 118 in line. And then I was 111 in line and then I waited a day and then I was like, you know, 50 in line, finally got on with somebody, finally told him what happened. He goes, here's what's wrong. And then it was like, click. And it said, your chat disconnected. And I freaking lost. I'm like, <laughs> no, I finally get a person. And then I went on another couple hours of trying that, called them. And then I got a recording saying, your account is not eligible for um, phone support go to the chat bot. And I'm like, I've been on the chat bot for two days. Uh, long story short, finally got through to a phone call and they were just a message service. Mm. And I was like, oh, but anyway, wow. finally after 72 hours, I got an email person responded back. We got it all taken care of. They said, sorry, we don't know why it happened. And I'm just like, you know, it's not that I'm upset that it happened, but it was just really bad timing. It was really bad timing. <laughs> and like, I know all of like the tech woes that you've experienced and like no one else has as much tech issue. Like you guys have a very complicated relationship, you and technology. And you, ha- I mean, and it's not like you are like someone who's not tech savvy. Like you do understand this stuff, but like for whatever reason, it just always there's glitches there's bugs buy buttons aren't working like stuff that should be working just doesn't work for you no and it's always the glitching. Moon in, it's in retrograde i think yeah it's always glitching right at the time when it matters most and that's the that's the thing and i think i need um some kind of cleansing like if anybody on here is an energy healer around technology and or t- send me some kind of like sage or crystals. oh my god i was dying <laughs> laughing so danny was messaging me the other day and she's texting i was crying crying, laughing at this text thread. We'll have to post it on the best life. So she's going, so I'm like, she's like, maybe I need, I don't know if you guys, we've never told, I don't know if we ever told the story. So anyway, I mean, no. you know, a lot of people into crystals and like, look, if that's your thing, amazing, awesome. That's neither one of our things. And we kind of sometimes joke that like, you might have to put a crystal in your vagina to like, for it to work <laughs> or like if you need better energy or something. So it's like crystal up the vagina. So it's always just like see up the V is like always like just what we say. And so she was like, let me get on and Google what sort of crystal is good for technology energy. So it comes back <laughs> diamonds. So I was like, well, diamonds. well, you need to put on social media that you're looking for a diamond. You can put up your vagina. Yeah. Diamonds. It was like diamonds and rubies. I was like, yes, I was just going to put diamonds and rubies in my vagina. And this is going to solve all of my problems. <laughs> and I was like, if I had diamonds and rubies to shove up my vagina, I wouldn't need to be doing a webinar. <laughs> 
I have so much money. I just stick diamonds up my vagina. Oh my God. I was crying. So yeah. So we're in the Zoom studio. Thank you, Zoom. But also fuck you, Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have a special show today. Well, every show is special. This is going to be fun. It's going to be so fun because, I mean, we might get a little serious with it, but I had this idea. So we've done a couple episodes on food obsession and like over-exercising and Danny did one on adrenal fatigue and metabolic damage and everything she went through. Uh, You guys have appreciated our food obsession episodes. Um mindfulness episodes and things like that. And we wanted to kind of talk about, if you guys don't know, if you're new to the podcast, Danny and I both were uh, figure competitors uh, for a long time and we were doing fitness modeling and we were constantly dieting. Um, And Danny and I have a little bit different story. So Danny was pretty, she was way, way, way more strict with it than I was. She kind of didn't, she said that she could maybe count on one hand the number of times she went off her diet in seven years yeah I wasn't that way I was I was a compulsive yo-yo dieter so binge deprive binge deprive binge deprive I would constantly be losing and gaining the same 20 to 30 pounds like literally multiple times within a year neither approach is healthy okay (laughs) physiologically neither approach is healthy psychologically neither approach is healthy so we were like you know what we did some pretty fucking weird shit and you guys when you and if you've ever died if you ever had an experience with maybe yo-yo dieting or kind of crazy diets you don't realize until you're out of them just how ridiculous they were because it's stepwise like you're like oh maybe mm. I'll cut down on carbs a little bit right or maybe I'll cut out nuts from my diet like it's very like benign things it starts out as and then all of a sudden you're making like a 20 egg white omelet with like Splenda and cinnamon on it and like that's all you eat for like five hours and then you eat another egg white omelet at night with spinach and Splenda or whatever. And it's like, it's it's so disgusting. Looking back on it, there were so many dieting just woes that we wanted to share with you guys. And it's so ridiculous. And so hopefully you guys will find this funny and kind of can resonate with some of it. Oh, I was so excited to talk about this. Um, and it's funny because one of my old clients, one of Jill's clients, Kirsten Kimura, just posted um, on her Instagram about some silly things that she did, like, you know, that she ate. And I was like, I can't wait. We're going to talk about this. And I wanted to talk about kind of where it started. I, I can very vividly remember. Well, it's very early on for me. My mom and grandma were always dieting. My grandma was very overweight, um, upwards of 300 pounds. And she ended up having gastric bypass surgery. But I always remember the Slim Fast shakes growing up. And there was always Slim Fast shakes in the fridge. And we I lived with my grandmother um, for a couple of years when my parents were divorced. Um, and I thought that just eating diet foods were like something that the, the older women did. Like they were my role models. So I remember sneaking and like sneaking some of these little Slim Fast bars and just eating them. They were like chocolate bars. And I remember they tasted so disgusting. But I thought like this is what the older girls do. And this is what girls do. We just diet. We eat diet food. And I didn't know what losing weight was, but I thought that's what we're supposed to do. So I'd sneak these like diet bars and I'd try to sneak Slim Fast. Um, like I'd hide in the office and just drink a Slim Fast shake. Have you ever looked at the like Slim Fast nutrition though? It's so funny. Oh my funny. gosh. They're just There's no protein. Like, sh- no. No. <laughs> it's just sugar. Why is it? I don't... It- it's like sugar and 
some kind of fake milk. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. But like early dieting food was bizarre. Like remember snack wells? Because everything was oh low my gosh, fat. Yes. Oh my gosh. So snack everything wells, was those angel food cake things. Yeah. So everything those was low fat. So it's yeah. like there's there was no fat, but they just trade out the fat and put sugar in. But we're like, oh no fat, no fat, no fat. Because for some reason we thought if you eat fat, you gain the equivalent amount right away. And that's obviously A not fat. the way metabolism works. And it's funny, I actually didn't do my first diet until I was uh, 21. I was up until that point, I was kind of an athlete and I went and lived on Martha's Vineyard the summer between my uh, junior and senior year of college with my best friend, Sally at the time. And it was so funny. I actually brought my rowing machine down to Martha's Vineyard, like my erg. Cause I was like, I was a rower in college. So I was like, oh, well, I'm going to like, oh. row over the summer. Meanwhile, you guys guess how many times I rowed? Zero. One time, the very <laughs> first day I got there. And then after that, um, Sally and I were actually like uh, lifeguards. And I have that in quotes because literally we just folded towels at a, like a hotel pool. It wasn't a lifeguard like that didn't even have a deep end. And we literally just like snuck drinks and hot dogs all day. And then we'd go out and split a 30 pack every night. So if you're from New England or you're from the East Coast, you know what a cube is. A cube is a 30 pack of beer. So it's not a case, it's a 30 pack and it looks like a cube. It like looks like a, just a, a box. So it's not long like a case or whatever. We would literally split a 30 pack every single night. That's so disgusting and that's so much drinking. We were 21 at the time. Uh, so obviously binge drinking was the mode of operation. We were either drunk or hungover the entire summer. I gained 15 pounds over the summer. I couldn't even, I didn't have a pair of pants that fit. I had to wear sundresses all summer. I had no pants that fit. So I went back to school and I was like, I'm doing Atkins because this was like uh, early uh -huh. 2000s, right? Uh -huh. So I was like, I'll just do Atkins, which turned into just like eating peanut butter basically and cheese. So, but I did lose some pounds in the first couple of months, but that was the very first time. So for me, it was an introduction to low carb. Oh my gosh. Well, I was a gymnast and around my freshman year, our coaches started weighing us. They, well, they, they only weighed the girls who were in high school. And so every Monday we had a weigh in and my coach was a vegetarian and she kind of talked about how meat has so much fat in it. And you, you're right. Like the fat thing was a big thing. So I remember they didn't always have nutrition facts on the back of food. I don't remember exactly when it started, but it was sometime in the 90s. And so I started obsessing over nutrition labels. And if something had zero fat, I would eat it. So I remember buying Skittles because I was like, Skittles and Kit Kat were my favorite candy. But if I had one or the other, I would choose the Skittles because the Skittles had zero fat and the Kit Kat had a ton of fat or so I thought I had a ton. Then I would eat so much rice because our rice has zero fat. So my, uh, in my mind, the healthy diet was like rice, noodles, tons of pasta, spaghetti, no, no meat, no cheese. Um, everything had to be no fat. So I thought the no fat diet was like the way to go. And I remember my parents starting, so as I started to get older, I still had the no fat thing stuck in my head, obsessive looking over, you know, uh, nutrition facts. And then the Atkins thing started and my, my parents, my mom's constantly dieting. My aunts and uncles constantly dieting. They started Atkins and I was like, you guys are so dumb. You know, meat has so much fat in it and you guys are just getting fatter. And I thought I was just so smart and I knew so much about nutrition. And what's funny about nutrition is any, you can find research to support just about any nutrition philosophy. So I read all of these things about why being a vegetarian was the right way to be, why it was healthier, why as humans we were made to 
be vegetarians and not meat eaters. And so I felt like I had all this knowledge. I was armed. I was smarter than everyone and, and eating, but I wasn't a vegetarian, like eating vegetables. I was eating rice and pasta, right? I was a rice and pasta vegetarian. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So it was really interesting because in college, and it was really the time I actually really went on a true diet. Um, was in college, I went to a nutritionist because I was just gaining weight, couldn't figure it out. And she, she, this is the first time I heard about protein. She goes, well, why, what's going on? What do you eat for breakfast? And I said, I usually just eat a Nutri-Grain bar because in my head, that's healthy, right? It's grains and fruit. And And I said, but if I eat it, I'm so hungry in like 20 minutes. So I usually skip breakfast because if I skip, I'm less hungry. If I eat it, then I'm more hungry. She goes, of course, because it digests really quickly. So you need to add protein to each meal. So this is when I started experimenting with protein. And I said, well, where do I get protein? I'm a vegetarian. So I got some soy protein powder from Trader Joe's. And I started adding that to my oatmeal. And then I pretty much just ate oatmeal and soy protein powder for like two or three meals a day. But what happened was I started started, I didn't lose any weight, but I started looking leaner. And I remember looking in the mirror like, oh, my arms are starting to look more toned. And then I really started researching more about food. And that's when I started getting more into like the actual nutrition and how you can manipulate it. And then it turned into like, then it grew and grew and turned into more of an obsession. But I did start eating meat and um, noticing my body was shifting. But protein was like, not even on, I didn't even understand what that was. Yeah. I was just like, just fats. (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny. And it's, it's weird because like, I think once you start competing, you're like, okay, I actually do need to learn nutrition and you're kind of forced Mm -hmm. into it. And I remember just, I don't know about you, but the first time I actually like really dieted for a show, I was hooked. I was literally like, I can't believe that I can change. I literally have the power to change how I look based on what I eat. I don't know why that was so like such a weird revelation to me. Like now if it's like, of course, like what you eat, you can see what you eat on your body. But the time mm-hmm. I felt and so empowered, like yeah. all I have to do is like eat clean, quote clean. This is like the Tosca Reno, right? Like the eat clean, clean eating book or whatever. Yep. Need to eat clean. And I can look different. And that felt really empowering to me, except for I did not, um, I didn't make space for the fact that I was absolutely depriving myself and didn't take that into account. I'm like, of course, I remember it's so funny. My mom, she doesn't listen to this podcast, but she was with me, my, my very second show, she was in town for the show and we went shopping like two days before the show. And I'm like trying on, you guys, I'm usually like a size six, size eight. I was trying on like size fours. Everything's just like zipping right up. I'm like, oh, everything looks so good. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get these. And she goes, I mean, are you sure you want to get those? And I was like, what are you talking about? Of course I want to get them. She's like, well, what if you don't always stay this size? And meanwhile, I lost like 25 pounds. So of course, it, like like drastically lost the weight. Of course, I wasn't going to stay that lean. But it, somehow in my head, it didn't compute that like I would gain the weight back. I just thought like I'd always look like this now. And I got the shorts. I could wear them for like a, a couple of days. And then like yeah. obviously I didn't fit anymore. Gained back all the weight. I gained back 15 pounds within two weeks. And I didn't even recognize my body. I was horrified. I was so embarrassed. I was going around town like in huge men's t-shirts trying to hide my body. I was like, people just saw me looking super lean. And now I'm like bloat, what I thought was bloated. And of course I'm like looking normal, but it's, it was addictive. I thought the only way that I could look like that again was I just had to do another show again. Yeah. And shows became my weight loss strategy. That was it. If I wasn't doing a show, I wasn't eating well. And I was like, okay, my diet starts on Monday. And if it starts on Monday, then okay, like now I'm going to get lean. And this is my, my weight loss strategy. And it really fucked up my head for a long time. 
I totally can relate to that piece of, well, one, when you mentioned at first, you said the deprivation, like you didn't realize you were depriving yourself. I feel like um, I didn't necessarily feel deprived. I, I remember just thinking, this is how I have to live. Because so for me, my, my entire family has been pretty overweight. My grandma was over 300 pounds. My uncle had gastric bypass. A lot of my family has been really obese, diabetes and obesity. And so, and I was told over and over and over, when you get older, you're just going to gain the weight, like your metabolism slows down. So I just thought that was my destiny and I was doomed to being fat. And so I was like, well, this is the way I can control it. This is how I'm going to have to eat the rest of my life. And I felt like it was unfair. I'm like, other people can eat stuff and I can't. And so I felt deprived in that way. But at the same time, I was like, well, this is just the way I I have to be. And in in other ways, I remember thinking I felt more disciplined than everyone else. I'm like, well, if they wanted it bad enough too, they could they could eat like this as well. And it was a very self-righteous kind of behavior. Um, but it was it was so tied up. It started to become tied up into my identity too. Like you said, like people are looking at you, you're getting affirmation. Tons was of like, affirmation. You, like you what love show being, are you doing? Yeah. How many weeks the, out are you? Yeah. How many weeks out are you? You look amazing. What are you doing? How much cardio are you doing? Like when's the show? I remember I loved being the first to the gym. I love staying super late at the gym. I love being the person suffering the most. And so when did you start doing two a days on cardio? Like when did that oh, start? Gosh. Well, you know, I had, I hired a coach for my first show. So I started, what happened was I started eating this protein because my college nutritionist said, and I noticed a shift in my body. So I didn't change anything else. I just started adding protein and my body started to change. And at this time I was also practicing as an acrobat, like I was doing these acrobatic performances. So I was really active. And so I started to get really ripped and it was not intentional. It just started happening from the protein and the extra activity. So people started asking me if I competed and I didn't know what they were talking about. They're like, do you compete? And I was like, in what? And so somebody pointed out what they were talking about and I found an oxygen magazine. I was like, oh, this is cool. And I was flattered that they thought I could compete. I was like, I don't look like this at all, but that looks kind of cool and I like their bodies. And I was like, I would love to do this. I don't know how. And so I did a little research and I found out who Monica Brandt's coach was. And I looked him up and I was like, man, he's in California. That's a bummer. And then I found out he did online coaching. And this is actually how my online coaching journey began as well. I found out he did online coaching and I was like, I'm going to hire this guy. Like he's training the best. Monica Brandt was like the the most well-known person. So of course I'm going to work with the person who trains her. So I hired a coach. So he didn't have me doing two days right away because I was really lean already. I was super lean. But whenever my coach told me to, I started doing two days, which was usually four weeks out to a show. So, but that was two a days, you know, that's a month of two a days prior to a show. And interestingly enough, though, the more years I did it, the the more often I had to do two a days. So at the beginning, I didn't that much. And then suddenly it was like, I had to maintain two a days just to maintain my body now because my freaking metabolism was just getting crushed. That's so crazy. I I remember that too. And I think because I always loved exercise, like I've always Mm -hmm. loved it, that I think I was like, well, I can get away with more nutritionally because I'm just going to burn it off and I'm happy to do a bunch of exercise because I love it. And I don't know at what point it turned into dreading it. You know, I think for a long time I was like, but I love this and it gives me like this high or whatever and it's fine and I don't mind. And I was, uh, I I don't even recognize myself. I'll tell you guys, especially because you guys have been listening to us for a while. I was reading um, celebrity gossip magazines 
on the stair mill, on the elliptical, on, I was doing an hour of incline walking every single day, Monday through Friday, an hour. And, and that was in addition to other cardio I was doing, like teaching cycling classes and elliptical and all this other stuff. I read every single, I probably know every single celebrity and what they wore to every single red carpet event from like 2006 to 2010, which is embarrassing. That's so fucking embarrassing. That's so like not who I am now. I'd watch like vampire diaries on my iPad and cake wars. Remember I used to like watch like food porn type stuff, like constantly watching dessert shows. It was like not even so, so much so that I actually made Jade, we went up to, um, New Jersey for something and I made him stop at Cake Boss which I don't know if you guys know what that show is <laughs> they're like Hoboken Bakery I was like we have to go to Cake Boss in Hoboken he's like why are we fucking going to this I was like because it's my favorite show <laughs> I'm so embarrassed to even admit any of that on this episode but it was so ridiculous but it was anything I could do to like but you guys if you're reading if you can read a magazine and you can watch television shows and movies like I'm not I'm, I'm trying not to judge it I judge myself but you are not exercising intensely. I was not exercising intensely. The more volume I did, the more pacing I had to do, yeah. right? And like, which is so different than how you and I train now. You and yeah. I are like, the shorter the better. I don't care, I'll like bust ass for like five minutes and that's way yeah. better than I would do that a million times over than do an hour of cardio. Well, that's the thing is back then, I feel like we thought doing the most meant like you were the best somehow. I, when you said that, you didn't mind at first because you liked exercising. I forgot. I forgot this. So my very first show, I don't think I did two days my first show, except maybe like the last week or a couple days. But I met all these girls backstage who were also coached by my coach. And I was like, oh, it's... and I heard some of them talking about two. And some of them were doing three days. They were doing a morning cardio, lunch and evening. And I was kind of jealous. I was like, oh, you guys are doing more exercise than me. I was like, I wonder why their program is different. Maybe they're going to look better. Like I was thinking maybe they have a one up on me or something. So I sometimes, my coach would say, do this amount. I would sometimes do more as if there was getting like extra credit or some shit. It was like, I wanted to do the most. I wanted to like win the exercise contest. Except that's the thing is you're not winning an exercise no, contest. No, you're just losing you're all win around everywhere. Yeah, you're winning a looks contest and more doesn't equal better in looks well it's, it's completely subjective right yeah, like think about how that. odd it is if anyone doesn't know what a figure competition is or a fitness competition like literally as women you get up on stage in a tiny bikini voluntarily and get judged on your body to see who has the best body like it's so strange to me looking back like I would never do that in a million years like look if you love that you're listening to this and you like love shows and you want to do them amazing I always when everyone asks me I'm like if you really want to do one you definitely should you should have the full experience just be aware because I didn't I don't know about you but I didn't have anyone telling me to watch out for this stuff like no. I remember post-competition blues like I read that term somewhere Mm -hmm. And I don't know where, but I remember being like, where, why isn't this an oxygen magazine? Why is no one mm -hmm. talking about this? Why do the pros always look absolutely shredded? Why do these fitness models look constantly shredded? You'd read in the magazines and they'd go, well, I just look like this year round and it's just the way I eat. And I'm like, and Danny and I, once we actually got into the industry and we started like meeting these people in person, we're like, oh no, they don't, they, they don't. Know. And you guys, we've had Felicia Romero on the podcast and she was extremely um, successful as a competitor and she talks about that. And so it's like, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, but I remember having this like sense of pride. So then the cardio turned into, and you guys, you and I talk about this and they kind of laugh about it. It, when it became this thing that you just start to dread, you're like, fuck, I, okay, 
I got to do an hour. That is 20 minutes, four <laughs> times, four three minutes. times. Yeah, yeah. That's 10 minutes, six times. And then you're halfway done. You're like, okay, I just have to do exactly what I did one more time. Like, like 20 more yeah. minutes. That's yeah. five minutes, four times. You're yeah. like breaking gosh, down you're, the math. You're, yes, you're breaking it into like little fractions. So somehow it feels better. Like the whole time you're just playing mind games. And that's why the magazines too. It was like... I know I was doing magazines and watching TV because I needed to be distracted by how fucking bored out of my mind I was and how like how much I was in pain or like trying not to I was like this is so difficult I have to distract myself I was watching tons of shows too just watching the tv trying to listen to music I remember one time I was running and I forgot my headphones and I didn't have anything to distract me so I was looking at the treadmill and reading like the stop button. And I was just like, S-T-O-P, S-T-O-P. Like I, every single word, I would spell it and I count on my hand 10 to 20 times. And then I go to the next word and read it and spell it. So I was just like trying. Then I had spelled all of the words that were on the, the dash of the treadmill. And, I, and then I still had like 20 minutes left. And I was like, fuck, now what am I going to do with my brain? <laughs> Dude, I remember seeing uh, people like, you know, on social media, on Twitter being like, headed to the gym, got to get it in. It was like midnight or something. They'd be like going to the gym at midnight to get in their last like hour of cardio. It was ridiculous. But looking back, I don't know why, even when I wasn't competing, like when I stopped competing or when I was between Mm -hmm. shows, like why was I doing so much exercise? Like, I think I was really scared. Like you mentioned a few minutes ago, it was what you had to do even to just maintain. Mm -hmm. And I fell into that trap where to get leaner, I had to do even more. But in my off season, I had to do two hours just to maintain my weight. I'm sure I didn't have to, but that's what I thought I had to do. And it reached it reached a point of diminishing returns. Not only that, not only was it not working anymore for getting more lean, my body was looking softer. It was I was retaining more water. It was way harder to get leaner. I was more miserable. Um, you know, my I could tell my physiology just wasn't responding the way that it did in the past. But I still felt like I was using it as some sort of control mechanism. I would wake up in the morning and literally cry, thinking about the sheer amount of cardio I was going to make myself do that day. I don't know why I thought it was effective, and I don't know why I was so scared to do something different. Yeah, what was what were some of the weirdest food combinations you made or ate that you thought were healthy? Well, first of all, I just farted for like stri- three years straight. <laughs> you guys. That's true. Diet That's food, true. I'm sorry. That shit will tear up your stomach. So remember protein, like protein powders are like gentler now than they were yeah. back in yeah. like the mid 2000s. So I'm sorry, That's but these protein, true. remember you'd have protein shakes and bars and you would just, they'd be so much maltitol and Dude. sucralose and you are just farting constantly. If it wasn't that, it was the broccoli, yep. you know, farts and like whatever. I, I remember, I don't even know how Jade lived with me at the time. I literally farted for like five years straight. And I know we've talked about this in a different episode, but I would do so, I would try and eat well. And then I would just like have all this diet candy, like sugar-free candy for some reason I thought was okay. First of all, if you have never had maltitol, don't do that because you have to respect maltitol. It's a sugar alcohol. It's a sugar alcohol like um, xylitol or erythritol or some of the other ones. But for whatever reason, maltitol is like the nastiest. And it's always in protein bars. So make sure you guys look at the like the label of your protein bars to see if it has maltitol in it. It's not like it's a – it's not a um, – it is natural. It's a natural, naturally occurring sugar alcohol. 
but it is uh, like just tears up your GI. So, but I was eating so much Splenda at the time. This is before Stevia was really a thing. So I was eating Splenda on everything. I'd probably have, I don't know, 15 to 20 packs of Splenda in a day. Gum. Splenda was like, I remember when it came out, it was like the new the new health sugar, right? So everyone was like, saccharin is so bad for you. It causes cancer and all of this. So then Splenda was like the thing that could save us. And I was like, oh, put Splenda on everything. And then suddenly there was all these things that came out about Splenda. But one of the combinations or things that I did was because mustard had zero fat and hardly any calories. I And I really like sweet stuff. I would literally, I thought I'd make myself this salad dressing, honey mustard, I called it. It was just mustard and Splenda. And I would put that all over my freaking salads. And by salad, it was just shredded lettuce, or I put it on my asparagus, or I put it on my broccoli or the chicken. Literally, I just had mustard and Splenda on all the things. Like I put, I remember one time I put cinnamon and Splenda on my brown rice. <laughs> like yeah, brown rice, yeah. cinnamon and Splenda. Every cinnamon and Splenda was on everything. Yep. It was Splenda in oats. Almost, it was on yeah. egg whites. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Splenda to me was almost like how people salt their food. I would just like sprinkle it on all the, and everything. It was just like a Splenda I remember this one time I had, I ate in one day, I ate 24 egg whites in one day once. Oh my God. I had an eight egg white omelet in the morning. Then throughout the day I had eight hard boiled eggs. And then for dinner I had another eight egg white omelet. Oh my Y'all, God. my hair was falling out. I remember like, cause I just wasn't getting enough nutrients. I wasn't eating enough food. I was eating like zero carbs. And I was eating like two different vegetables and, and it wasn't even like I was eating a lot of vegetables either. I think I was just eating mostly protein. Like I was probably getting like 175 to 200 grams of protein a day. Like that shit is not healthy. Like it's just not, I think I thought more protein. Oh my God, I'm going to be in a catabolism if I'm not getting 200 grams of protein every day. God, I try not to judge it, but that shit is funny. And look, you don't know what you don't know. I'm so grateful for the experience and the fact that you and I, like we did have the full experience, you all the way into adrenal fatigue and to the point where, so was that the thing that you just have st- st- had to stop exercising completely? Like that's the, the thing that like finally made you be like, all right, I can't keep doing all this cardio. Yeah. Yeah. I actually was just so exhausted. Well, there was two things. One, um, I like maybe like you, I was, I remember going to the gym a couple times, just crying, like sitting in front of the gym, I have this one picture of myself sitting in front of this 24 hour fitness in the car. And I sat there for probably two hours just trying to get myself to go in. And I was crying. I'm like, oh, so I'm going through in my head. What can I work out? And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. It was just so tired. I go in. I'm like, I just got to get it done. You know, so finally I get home three hours later because I'm for two hours. I sat there just trying to talk myself into it. And then it got to a place where I was so, I started to get so exhausted. I remember going on the step mill and I used to put it on level 10 and just cruise. And suddenly I was like putting on level three and I have to stop like every two minutes to catch my breath. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so out of shape. In my head, I'm saying I'm out of shape. I'm so out of shape. I can't do it. And then I, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And I literally was probably under 10%. And then, so I was like, okay, quit on the step mill. I go over to the dumbbells and I pick up a five pound dumbbell to do lateral raises. It feels so heavy. So I pick up the three pounds and I was like, I'm so weak. I'm so weak. I'm so out of shape. And so that started to happen where I was just so tired. And then I was gaining weight so rapidly. I was like five pounds almost every single day. And I was like, okay, screw it. I'm, if I'm going to just be working out this much and eating so clean and I'm gaining weight anyway, just screw it. I'm just going to, like, I literally just had this thought of, well, 
like goodbye to my marriage. I'm going to blow up to 250 pounds by next week. I mean, I literally thought I could probably gain 100 pounds in a month. I was like, yep, this is going to happen. And he's going to leave me. And I'm just going to be like what my parents said. I'm going to be just like my grandma, be up to 300 pounds. And I'll just live my life alone. And I won't be a personal trainer anymore. I'll just have to get a job and change my name and move to another country <laughs> or something. And so I just was like, that's it. I quit. And I, I just stopped. And I, I stopped and I literally thought that that, that was how everything was going to happen. And I, I like, I think I've told this story before, but the night I finally quit, I was like, well, I'm going to have spaghetti. I had not had spaghetti in at least seven, eight, nine years, like carbs. I had stopped eating that. And uh, I had spaghetti at 10 p.m. That was another specific thing because I hadn't had carbs after four in years either. So carbs and late at night. And I got up the next morning and I told myself I wasn't going to weigh myself because I was like, I don't want to know anymore. But I did anyway because I was like, well, let's just see what I did. Like what happened? And that day was like the first day in months that I hadn't gained weight. Like I hadn't lost, but I stayed the same. And I was like, what the heck? That's weird. I ate all these carbs at 10 and I weighed the same amount. And so I kind of just went down a binge for a couple of weeks, just ate all these chocolates and carbs. And it was really uncomfortable because another thing I did was I stopped weighing my food. That was a big piece that I weighed every single thing. But I was like, I'm tired. I'm not going to weigh it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to eyeball it. And then maybe I'll just eyeball it. And then if I'm still hungry, I'll eat more. And I started to just go down that path of this uncomfortable piece. And slowly my cravings went away. Slowly I stopped wanting to binge and eat everything. Slowly I started to be able to just eat when I was hungry. And I wouldn't say that I lost weight, but I had stopped gaining, which was interesting. I, I, I maybe gained like a couple more pounds, but then it just plateaued. It, it plateaued. And then it was just like, okay, now what do I do with all my time? Because I'm not exercising three or four hours a day. Like, what do I do with all this extra time? And so I I think some people right now might be feeling that of like, I spend all this time at the gym and I can't work out for two hours a day at my house. So what do I do with all this time? It's scary. And, I mean, I remember like if yeah. someone ripped away my cardio, like uh, like in quarantine, you guys don't have yep. access to your cardio machines. Like, thank God that, you know, you and I are like moved on from that phase in our lives. But if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I just got all my cardio just like taken away from me. That is hugely anxiety producing. That's totally. so uncomfortable. That's so, I, I mean, back then, like I would have, I would freak the fuck out. I would have absolutely yeah. freaked the fuck out. I remember traveling to conferences and like getting up super early. I'd be at the gym at like 5 a.m. before a conference. I'd do a little at lunchtime. I'd do stuff after when everyone was like hanging out. I'd be like, oh, I need to go do exercise for a little bit. Like I was, I had no life. And I remember at one point Jade saying to me, Jill, like, I think that if you didn't do as much cardio, you wouldn't be as hungry. To me, that was the hard, the hardest part of it was because okay. I was doing so much exercise. I was starving all the time. And I remember thinking, and I also remember always having a big appetite. Like I remember even being like five years old at like my babysitter's house and seeing the other kids just be fine with like a little Dixie cup of Cheerios and me being like starving after that. So obviously as an athlete too, like I always just had a ravenous appetite. So I didn't ever trust that if I backed off on cardio that also my appetite would subside. And I, and Jade said, you know, well, you know, I think your appetite will probably decrease if you're not doing as much exercise. And of course we know that that is the truth, but at the time I didn't believe it because I hadn't experienced it. 
And he, so I, I forget what exactly happened. I think I like slowly started pulling back. So I was doing two hours a day. Then I went to like an hour and a half a day. Then I went to like an hour a day. And then eventually I got down to about 30 minutes of cardio a day. And like, even thinking right now about doing 30 minutes of cardio, like maybe you want to kill myself. Like it's no fucking way I would do that. seems like an eternity, but that wasn't that much, but I was doing leisure walking. So I was still lifting more. But the hard thing about it was I had run off so much of my muscle. Just, I had run off so much of my muscle to get ready for these shows. And every time I gained back weight after the show, I was just getting fat back. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I lost muscle and fat getting ready for the show. Then after the show, I just gained back fat. So my body composition was actually getting worse. My body composition was actually getting worse. If you think about it that way, muscle to fat ratio or lean mass to fat ratio. And so here I am having run off all my like precious muscle that I had built in my early twenties and my teens. And I had to rebuild that. I remember right when I found out about the affair, I started traveling. You guys know that story. And I just went to Europe and I was in Europe for 12 weeks. And like, if you're in Europe, sorry, you're not going to like find a gym that readily. I mean, I know they're there, but I didn't know where to find them. And all the websites were in French or whatever. So I just was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to work out. And I didn't exercise at all for like four months. And I was drinking wine and I was eating moderately. Like I'm still eating moderation 365. So I wasn't like gaining a ton of weight, but my body looked different. It was a lot softer. Um, my clothes still fit, which was fine, but I didn't have that like muscular dry, you know, kind of shredded look until I moved to LA. And I was like, all right, I think I've had enough of a reset now. I'm going to do exercise differently now. I'm going to do mm-hmm. exercise differently than I've ever done. I'm actually going to fall in love with exercise again. Like I have to, I absolutely used to fucking hate it. I took a complete sabbatical for about a year. I'm just going to figure out how I can like it again. And I actually started doing CrossFit and that was, a, that was what got me back into enjoying exercise and actually doing intense and heavy lifting, which I hadn't done since my early twenties, because I was doing a lot of moderate intensity exercise and stuff like that. And I wasn't even lifting as much. So I completely rebuilt my body in like 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019 to like have a more muscular physique and actually like body build again and not do a shitload of cardio again. And you and I were, you know, we were together lifting in Venice and that was the strongest I'd ever seen you. You're fucking, both of us are strong as hell. Yeah. I'm so glad you shared that I forgot to about the falling in love with it again, because both you and I, I think we really loved, I loved exercise. I just loved movement. I was a gymnast. I just, I've always been really, uh, I don't know, just like to move, right? And to use my body in that way and to challenge my body. I I loved conditioning in gymnastics. Like the skills were fun, but I like to have to do all the push-ups and stuff that we we were supposed to do. And um, when I quit, working out first the it was the mental mind fuck of getting over it but then I also started to just hate I was like I don't want to do it anymore I don't want to work out I just can't the thought of going into the gym the thought of having to do chest and tries or back and buys like that just made me want to like like throw up and so after I'd say you know you took off a good amount of time I'd say I took off about a year over a year and then I started to go in my head I'm like okay I remember I used to love this and I need to find something enjoyable about it again because if I'm going to have a lifestyle where I feel good about myself, I need to find something I like doing. And so I started off just by going hiking. Like I was like, okay, I need to find an activity I like. Okay, hiking. And then we moved into the RV and it was tricky. 
again, like Europe, it's like you can't find a gym when you're on the road living out of a, a trailer. But I started just doing some little things here and there, like um, CrossFit style workouts. I, I actually started doing CrossFit style workouts in my apartment when I moved to, to Texas. And I started to do these short kind of workouts like that. And that's kind of how I got back into it too, was really CrossFit. I was like, okay, this is cool. They're short. They're intense. I feel like I worked out really hard and I'm done. And somebody else made up the workout. And then I started to make up my own, which was which was fun too. But I was like, I just don't want to think about it anymore. I had been programming other people's workouts for so long. I had done it for myself for so long. I was like mentally fatigued to even think about programming. And I was just fatigued about doing the same shit, like counting reps for the sake of reps. I was like, cool, this is competitive. It's fun. It's fast. I can get it over with. Like the faster I can get it over with, then it, then it's over. Right. Yep. So I know it's funny. I, so in 2016, when you moved to LA and I was already out here and we both moved into our own separate apartments, we both lived within walking distance of Gold's Gym, which is the Mecca of bodybuilding in Venice uh, Beach. And so we would meet every single morning at 9 a.m. And Danny would text me at like 8.55 and she's like, hey, I just woke up. I'll be right there. <laughs> you guys know <laughs> Danny. It's Getting her to actually be at the gym by nine is amazing. The fact that you did that. And we were like kind of starting to power lift a little bit. So mm -hmm. at that point, I was actually doing beta testing for a program that I was putting out called Fast Physique. And Fast Physique was kind of more of a strength building slash power lifting program. There were like a little bit of bodybuilding in there. But for the most part, like we were doing sets of like three on deadlift, sets of three on uh, you know, barbell back squat and stuff like that. And we were getting like super strong and I was, we were drinking a lot too at the time because we were dating a lot. And I, that was probably the only time in the last 10 or eight years or so that I did probably put on about 10 pounds at the time. Cause I was like, I was, but I was gaining muscle. I was getting fat too, yeah. but I was gaining like muscle. I was pretty like, I was pretty thick in 2017. Um, and I was, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that time of, obviously excess calories because I was putting on muscle, but I got back some of the muscle that I lost. And I was like, yeah. Oh, I actually feel athletic again, which I hadn't in a long time because I don't know, like, yes, when you're fi doing figure competitions, it doesn't make you feel athletic. I know that's a weird thing to say. You just feel almost like a robot or like a zombie. You don't feel like, yeah. at least I didn't feel like super energized and like I was accomplishing. And like you mentioned in CrossFit, like you can compete yeah. Like in this, this is like low, slow, moderate intensity exercise. Like it doesn't make you feel yeah. and like an, an athlete. And I was actually starting to like in the last couple of years, start to like actually look like an athlete again, you know, have like, you know, definition in my midsection and added muscle to my shoulders and back. And so, and also feeling like, okay, exercise is something that I could actually do now sustainably because I never do anything longer than, I don't know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes max. Yeah. There's something I love. I like you said about feeling like an athlete. It's I missed the challenge. So when you're just counting reps, there's like, okay, you go to fatigue on the last couple reps, whatever. But I think that's what I loved about gymnastics. Like there's challenges and you have to practice and you can get better. And with CrossFit workouts, and I don't even want to call them CrossFit, but like metabolic style workouts is like, yeah, like there's challenges or moving from one thing to another or doing different different movements. Yeah. Yeah. And there is that like feeling strong that what that when we worked out together and we were doing your programs, it was like, I felt strong again, which was really fun. It was like, I can, and I could see progress also, right? Like I could go, I lifted this many pounds last week and this week I'm lifting, you know, 10% more. So I'm like, I know I'm getting stronger. I can feel I'm getting stronger. And my, my body felt tighter. Like, even though it didn't look different, it's like, you know, you could just sit there and like, 
touch your legs or something, you're like, oh, I feel tighter. Like my muscles feel hard. <laughs> I remember when you um you lost a bunch of weight right after you found out about Nate's affair. Yeah. And that that's when you moved to LA and you were like, okay, we're going to work out. It's like operation, like build my ass back because you yes. like completely lost your ass because you just lost so much weight. Um, and you know, I loved There's operation, get my booty back, get your booty back. And <laughs> you did. And we, you know, we were, we were lifting really heavy. And like you mentioned about progress, I think you know, when you're ready for something a little bit more structured again, you know, Mm -hmm. when you can record your weights from week to week where you're like, okay, this is actual progressive overload. And you and I, like, we don't really do that much cardio, you know, like now, and we were talking about this before we turned on the mic. I don't really look all that different than I did in the last couple of years of competing. I was maybe like eight, eight pounds or so less than I am now, but you guys like a 10th, a fifth, I mean, or like a 20th of the amount of time and energy is going into what I'm doing now versus what I was doing back then. And like, that's yeah. so odd that like, it's actually not the actual outcome. The physique outcome is not that different. When you say like a 10th or an eighth or whatever, that's exercise and food. Because uh, to get those results that we were getting, it was ridiculous amount of stupid exercise and all of the prepping and counting and doing calculations and weighing and cooking meals a week ahead of time and all of that stuff to get that to get the results which is so crazy to think about like it's almost if you look at then versus now it's like almost effortless even though I know you work really hard and train really hard and we we work hard it's like compared to the effort this is a more effortless way of living and it's so much more sustainable. Yep. I know. I'm like just now starting to get over my PTSD about like eating out of Tupperwares again, like 10 <laughs> years later, like finally I'm like maybe going to have a leftover because I like was so disgusted by it for such a long time. And it's nice to feel, it's weird to be like, you have to come full circle for things to be easier and simpler again. You know what yeah. I mean? It's almost like you have to unlearn all the shit that you learned that you were actually so excited to learn. Like I loved learning about macros and biochemistry and like, Oh my God, like vitamins and minerals. I loved reading labels and I, I, I just couldn't get enough of all that until it reached a saturation point and it was too much information and I wasn't able and I didn't have enough mastery to really discern what was important information and what mattered versus what you know, what was not important information that didn't actually change my outcome. So I was spending a lot of mental energy on stuff like, like artificial sweeteners and sodium and like just small things that really don't actually impact the physique all that much. And when I started getting really streamlined and implementing a couple of key things, it did become a lot more effortless. And same thing with exercise. It's like, you don't have to do a thousand different exercises. You don't have to do three hours of cardio. You just have to lift heavy enough so that your body responds and you need to give it enough volume that it's going to respond and be consistent at it. It doesn't matter if it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 40 minutes. I think we can reach a point of diminishing returns in terms of length of time, just because you're naturally going to have to decrease the intensity by which you're exercising, because if it goes longer, you have to kind of pace yourself. But if you keep it short, if you keep it intense, if you go heavy, it's that, it's, it's that, um, minimum effective dose that you need to get the body to respond and to be able to maintain and even potentially change the shape of your body. I think that was the thing before that I didn't believe that less could work. 
I've thought more was better. And there is, there is that, it's that quote point of diminishing returns. More is not always better in anything. It's even the last episode we talked about just spending time with people. It just, the more time doesn't mean it's better. Doesn't mean it's quality. doesn't mean it's quality time. It's just more, more doesn't equal better. And um, I think for me, my new philosophy is the least amount I could do to get the best results is like where I go for anything. That's with work. <laughs> That's with with eating, with exercise. Like if I can get away with 20 minutes, four days a week, then that's where I want to be. I don't want to do 60 minutes, seven days a week like I was or more. Like why would I do that when I could get the same results at half of the time or a quarter of the time? So it's finding that finding that balance for you. And I'm, um, you know, it's interesting during this quarantine, I have not... I keep saying like, oh, I, I think I just didn't expect to be here as long and I didn't expect this quarantine to be as long. I'm not a home workout person. I don't really enjoy it. And so I haven't worked out during this quarantine, um, except I have been consistent. I've been doing these stupid 40-day challenges because I have to like have challenges for myself. So my minimum, and this has been my min, and I'm just going to be real with y'all. This has been my minimum that I've been doing. I do 50 squats a day, 50 push-ups and walk 5,000 steps because I don't leave this house very often. And so those three things a day for 40 days. But I um, was telling Jeff this morning because my 40 days is coming up like in a week. I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to just push myself. Like I need to push myself now. I'm going, all right. I'm, I was really busy. I didn't really have a whole lot of time for stuff. But I'm like, I want to feel strong again. And I want to feel again, like athletic again. So I'm like, I'm going to start doing sprints. And I'm going to start doing some more high intensity workouts because this obviously is lasting way longer than I thought. And I'm not going to a gym anytime soon. So I got to shift something. Um, But you know, I still just, I'm like, I got to do a minimum. So I got to decide what that minimum is and then stick to it and be consistent. And I've been just happy that it's been consistent. 40 days in a row, I'm like, cool, that's consistency. Now I can up it to something um, more dif- more challenging. But again, it's like just coming down to doing something. You don't have to do all the things. I loved your post on Instagram, how you said, you posted about we practice learning a new language or a new, you know, playing an instrument and we, ex- we, we let ourselves fall and mess up and we have to practice. But when we're eating or exercising, we feel like we have to do it perfect right off the bat. And it just doesn't make any sense why we do that. And so for me, I'm like, I, I'm proud of myself for right now, just even going, you know, I know I could do more, but I'm like, consistency right now is what I need. I just need consistency in everything in my life. And so I'm like, cool. The minimum things, 50 push-ups, 50 squats, 5K. Cool. I do more sometimes, but that's it. Consistent. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, maybe you will graduate to lean building, maybe. Dude, I'm so excited about it. No, actually, it's funny. You guys have been doing the beta, and um, I'm like, yeah, this is my program. This is it. Because you've been doing it all at home. I'm like, well, this is... Yeah, I mean, I if you can have... like, So just so you guys know, I think this is going to drop on Wednesday. Um, so um, this week... Uh, lean building is launching. So we want to give you guys a, um, a link that you can access that. Um, if you are interested in something where you do want to be a little bit more routine with it, you want to have a little bit more of a systematic approach to it. You might want to, um, commit to something for 12 weeks. You want to be able to record your weights from week to week and, and really kind of see the results. So lean building, the reason why it's funny is my very first like muscle building, like hypertrophy program I've ever put out. And the reason why it took me so long was because, um, 
I wasn't, it took me a while to be convinced that you could gain muscle in 45 minutes or less. I wouldn't have put out a program. Like I would not have put out like an hour long, an hour and a half long program. Like I just wouldn't do that because it's not in line with what I really believe uh, from the place of like efficiency and being able to have a life and like less obsession. So I wanted to stay in my integrity and I wanted to figure out a way that I could make this 45 minutes or less. So it's five days a week. Three days are 45 minutes, and then two days are about 15 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. So um, super short and definitely doable and high volume. So in lean building, the most movements you'll be ever doing in one workout is six. That's it. So it's like, it's super simple. It's super easy to follow. Um, we want to make sure you guys have access to it if you need to. So we're going to drop the link in the show notes as well. Um, and yeah, you guys go get it if you're interested. We definitely I'm want... So- I'm so excited about it. I always love your your programs. Like when we were working out together, I just, one of the pieces that I so got burned out of was programming myself. And I love having like just something to follow. Having something to follow, all your stuff is super easy. The movements are not easy, but simple. Like, okay, I know how to do that. You know, like sometimes you do some programs and they're like, okay, curtsy lunge, cross punch, hit, back kick. And you're like, what the fuck is that movement? Like you don't have weird ass movements like that. No. Cause it's like um, at the end of the day, like I had to ask myself, like, what are the basics? And uh, honestly, yeah. I love a good Metcon just as much as the next person. I love a good, like run around and like do a bunch of stuff and like get sweaty as hell. But and there are two days like that. There's two Metcon days, but on the three basic like building days, I call them swole six days. They're building days. They're slower. They're heavier. They're basics. I'm not going to give someone like balancing on a BOSU doing like a one-legged lunge while they're doing a curl and a press with five pound dumbbells. Like that's not going to change your body. That's always been a huge pet peeve of mine, even as a personal trainer, seeing a client who obviously came in with another trainer, you know, who maybe wants to lose like 50 pounds is obviously like overweight and wants to lose 50 pounds. And they're putting them on a BOSU when they have never been under a barbell before. And they're like giving them all this, like, and they're like, yeah, you're working your core. And I'm like, dude, Getting under a heavy ass barbell will work your core a lot more than standing on a BOSU on one leg with five pound dumbbells doing a bicep curl. Like, (laughs) are you kidding me? So when I created this program, I really wanted to keep the movements super basic. Like they, they're all like Googleable, right? There's videos in the program, but it's like, oh yeah, I know what that is. It's like a basic movement. And that's really where I think sometimes we get shiny object syndrome. And I want to remind all of us that the basics do still work if we do them consistently. So I did sprinkle in a little bit of Metcon for you, for people who maybe have a little bit of ADD, but those three basic building days will definitely change your physique. Dude, Big time. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yep. I I have to start my new 40 days. You do? And how long is the program? How many weeks? It's uh, it's 12 weeks. So it's, it's three, four week blocks and you record your, so the rep ranges change, the Metcons change, uh, the, the exercises change. Um, but you record your weight from week to week. So you know what you used. And if you are in quarantine and maybe you don't have access to a lot of weights, you do need a set of dumbbells for this. Um, originally and in the original program, it is barbells and dumbbells, but I wanted to, I made sure that I made some at home modifications for everyone. So if you have a set of moderate weight dumbbells, you can do this. Yeah. Or you just use your cat or dog. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, (laughs) gallon water jugs. People get creative. I don't know what you have, but you can use them. Um, And the Metcons, you don't even really need that weights for those. Those are more just like fast and furious. Yeah. I love doing a good Metcon, but I like some good lifting too. And I love that you do basic stuff. It just, I don't know. To me, basics always made sense. I'm same with you on the pet peeve of the Basu Ball stuff. I could... Some trainers, I'm like, what? Why? 
You have an you have an eighty year old woman standing on a ball with one leg. Like she's gonna break. She's gonna break a hip. What are yeah, you doing? Gonna break a hip. Let's just get him doing a regular squat first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I well, I would love to hear some of y'all's. Um, first off, Facebook group. You guys are so amazing. I love when you post in there. Don't feel like uh, scared to post. I love it when somebody starts their own thread or you know because I like to comment underneath and see what you guys are writing. But would love to hear maybe some of your weirdest dieting things. Um, you know, if you relate to some of these stories that we had, I'm sure we have way more. There's some silly food things and obsessions and kind of craziness or where you're at with it. You know, maybe you're like, I'm still there. Help me. And we would love to help you get out of that. Come to the other side. It's nice. We do have a good handful of episodes on kind of food obsession-y type issues um, that have like real, I don't think we really gave too many tactics today. This is more like story time. Um, But we do give a lot of tactics. There's one on mindfulness. There's one Danny did on um, adrenal fatigue and kind of how she got out of that. We've also done a couple episodes now on tools and tactics for overcoming food obsession. And I also want to remind you guys what Danny said about that post is it is a practice. You don't just like be like, oh, okay, I'm good to go. Like, okay, I'm going to eat moderately. Like, blah, blah, blah. It's like you're still going to overindulge at times. You're still going to find yourself wanting to diet again and deprive yourself again and feeling shame and feeling guilt and feeling embarrassment and all those things that you're going to feel. But realize that so long as you have this awareness and if you have the desire to want to change, that means you're on the journey. When Danny and I were deep in our dieting days, if someone came to me and was like, just eat moderately for sustainable health. I'd be like, fuck you. Like that's not an, like that's not hardcore enough. Right. I wasn't mm-hmm. even available for that message. So the fact that you guys are even listening to this and considering being more moderate and being more like normal with your eating and exercise means you're already on the journey. So try not to beat yourself up. If you're available for this message, it means that you're on the journey and that you're going to get there. Love it. Love it. I have one more question for you actually, since I know we should wrap this up, but the Cassie Ho episode. So she was talking about how- People love that episode, by the way. Yeah. she. So she was talking about how she went through competing, kind of got eating dis- disordered eating out of it, and then just did this 90-day journey where she started tracking again. She's like, hey, I did something I would not advise everybody to do, but I started counting calories to see what I was doing. Like I was ready to kind of maybe change my body composition again. And I want to know how you feel about- like, how do you feel about that? Like, would you, I don't even know what really my question is, but I was just thinking about this today. Of, well, you know, it's what, like, what's been interesting and we, this is probably a whole other episode is like what I actually put a tweet up about this like a couple of days ago. Cause it just is, it's, I feel like it's getting a little bit out of control and, and like, if you guys have spent any time reading any blogs at Jill Fit, you know that we are always about like mindset and self-love and body appreciation and like all of that stuff. I've written literally dozens, if not hundreds of blogs on that stuff. But I also take issue with when someone, say like a client of mine, says to me like, you know, I want to maybe put on some muscle or I maybe want to lose a couple inches. That doesn't mean that the person hates themselves automatically. Mm-hmm. I hated myself when I was doing all of that, right? So like you have to help the client or the person or yourself know if you want to change your body for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. And I, back then, was wanting to change my body for all the wrong reasons. I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel like I was perfect enough. I didn't feel worthy enough. I hate, you know, like I had this self-loathing inside, um, so much shame inside. And now if I, it's funny, cause you and I actually did try to like diet a little bit for a photo shoot last year. That didn't work. Cause neither one of us wanted to change shit about the way we eat. So 
it's like, so I think it's okay. Like I, I take issue with anyone saying that they want to change their body in any way as them hating themselves or that's body yeah. shaming or you shouldn't do that. You should love yourself. And I'm like, yeah, you should love yourself at any size. You're worthy at any size. All of that is so, so true, but it's also okay to say, you know, I want to have a goal. And I'm not going to hate myself if I don't reach it. And I'm certainly not going to hate myself all the way there. But I don't know that it's as easy and as black and white as now it's become. So I think it's okay to say, I'd like to lose a little bit of fat. Or, you know, I would like to uh, gain some muscle. I'd like to change the shape of my body. I'd like to look more athletic. I'd like to have some more definition. That doesn't automatically mean you fucking hate yourself. But it could so you have to evaluate that. And that's where the mindset kind of work, I think, comes in. Is yeah, that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. I love it. I guess I was just thinking too, because recently I was just kind of thinking about the next 40 days and I, I was thinking about doing lean building and summer's coming up. And I was like, you know, I have been sitting so much more. I have been inactive. And I'm like, I want to get how I felt when I was doing fast physique, like tighter and just feel like tighter, more athletic again. It's really like the strength. I could tell I'm weaker. Um, and so I was like thinking recently and going, you know, maybe I could um, start tracking what I'm doing again and just see what am I doing if there's, uh, if am I working out as hard as I fucking think I am? No. Um, you know, my eating and all that stuff. And it's, it's interesting because I know there was a point in my life where I'm like, I was so worried about going down that negative path again, that I just would stay far away from it. But talking to Cassie and realizing where I am now, I'm like, you know, I think I could track some of these things, not be obsessive, kind of look at it objectively. And I don't hate myself right now. I'm like, I'm fine. I could be wear a bathing suit and feel okay about my body and all of that. But I would like to get a little stronger before summer and feel like my butt's a little perkier. And I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Well, but and you not you, from a weird place. Right. And what you mentioned about, I think I could start tracking again and not be obsessive with it. And here's the thing is if you started to become obsessive with it, you know, it's not worth it. You're like, fuck that. You know what I mean? Like, it's interesting. I actually said this on another episode and it reminded me of my obsessive days. I was um, on the stair mill like a couple months ago and I was doing like 10 minutes of intervals from to start my workout and I was burning calories. And I think it was like by the time 10 minutes was up, I was at like, I don't know, 91 calories or something. And in the old days, I would have been like, well, I'll just do a little bit more to like round it off to an even 100 (laughs) calories. Yeah. But, and I could have easily done that, but I caught myself and I was like, that's obsessive behavior, even though it's tiny and it wouldn't have been that big of a fucking deal. It's what, nine extra calories. I didn't want to be that person anymore. So I was like, nope, I'm getting off. I'm going to like, I'm going to break this OCD behavior right now. And I'm just going to get the fuck off. It's 91 calories. It's fucking fine. It doesn't matter. It's like, so I just noticed, and it would have been fine if I did a hundred, but I noticed because then all of a sudden it spirals into other behaviors. Right. Uh So I think for you, you would probably catch yourself if you started going down that obsessive route and be like, okay, and pull back. Yeah. No, I, I would for sure. It's just, it's interesting. It's such a different dynamic now of looking at it, um, looking at it in such a different way and for different reasons. So no, I like what you said. Yeah. It's great. Well, you guys, well, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This is a little bit longer than we initially thought, but there was a lot of, a lot of, uh, stories in there that I'm trying not to be too embarrassed about, but, um, (laughs) particularly the farting for five years. Oh my God. But, um, yeah, let us know what you guys think. Grab lean building. It is open through Sunday only. Uh, so make sure you, if you listen to this episode before Sunday, May 3rd, that you grab it. And if you have any questions specifically, you can just, uh, send me an email info at JillFit or hit one of us up on Insta. In the DMs. Okay. All right. See you guys. Bye guys. Bye.